Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. My doctor told me I have to start sprinting. How fast? Well, he says I gotta get up to 35 miles per hour if I want to make it to November. Good luck. From Absolutely Productions, this is Branchburg with Brendan and Corey. The Branchburg Election Committee is under fire for implementing a ladies' night at polling stations yesterday. Only registered voters who identified as female were able to vote on Prop 67, the use of township funds to build a new nature trail at Tenek Park. Those who showed up to vote were greeted with coffee and donuts, but were also greeted with protesters. Men, both Democrats and Republicans, were heard chanting outside the locations until polls closed and deep into the night. Let the man vote! Let the man vote! The protests were mostly peaceful and the property damage was limited, with the exception of one man who lit his own mailbox on fire. It is unclear whether it was related to the protests or not. Construction of the trail will begin in August of 2019. Huh, what's this? Memorial for Lieutenant Paul Oren, resident of Branchburg. Lieutenant Paul Douglas Oren was born July 13, 1923 in Branchburg, New Jersey. After graduating from Branchburg High School, he enlisted as a pilot for the Navy, serving two tours in the Pacific during World War II. He is credited with taking down seven Japanese Zero planes, saving an estimated total 50 Allied servicemen's lives. Lieutenant Warren became a national hero, even recognized by President Roosevelt with the Medal of Honor for his extraordinary heroism. Wow. Upon his flight home after his second tour, Warren's co-pilot, James Kosak, noticed a spotted lanternfly. Lacorma delicalua flying in their cockpit. From Asia, the bug is unfamiliar to the northeastern United States and is considered an invasive species. To prevent exposure to the northeastern ecosystem, Lieutenant Oren and Kosak made the hard choice of passing Branchburg Airport where a welcome party awaited them and attempted a crash landing into the Atlantic Ocean to drown the bug. There were no survivors. The spotted lanternfly was introduced to Branchburg five years later, after a Branchburg Middle School student brought it back from their summer vacation to show and tell. This memorial is to mostly commemorate Lieutenant Oren's service. Wow. Lacorma. Del- Can you please get out of the sidewalk? My name is Clay Matterson. I run the Matterson Horse Farm here in Branchburg. I've been training horses for a while now. 
couple of them have won pageants. A few of them have won some pretty big races. I haven't told anyone this yet, but I recently thought of an idea that I think will revolutionize the world of horses as we know it. And that idea is the 50-foot-tall horse. That's right. A horse that's 50 feet tall. What do you think? Got the idea when I saw one of my horses standing next to one of my silos. I thought, wow. What if that horse was as big as that silo? That'd really be something else. And don't worry, these 50-foot-tall horses wouldn't be replacing regular horses. Regular horses would coexist with the 50-foot-tall horse, and in fact, I think they'd find they have a lot in common. I bet they'd even breed, make 25-foot-tall horses. Anyway, they'd just be like regular horse, with blood and bones and teeth and all the nan you could ever want, just ten times larger than a regular horse traditionally is. I can already hear some people saying, a horse that's 50 feet tall is a pretty good idea, but there's just one problem. Wouldn't this cause a global hay shortage? Well, I hear you, but I've thought this through. It wouldn't need to eat hay. It would just eat tennis balls. Sure, that might contribute to a worldwide tennis ball shortage, but I think that's something we can all live with. I think we'd all rather have a 50-foot-tall horse than tennis. Now, for safety purposes, I do think we'll need to make the horse deaf so it doesn't get spooked by a loud noise and cause a bunch of property damage. I can see the property damage caused by a 50-foot-tall horse upsetting quite a few people, so don't worry. We're going to make it deaf. I mean, just think about it. Wouldn't it be so much better for the world's children if they knew a really big horse existed? Imagine, you're some kid going through your normal day. Your peers hate you. Your teachers hate you. Your parents hate you. And then you find out there's this massive horse. That'd turn your whole day around. That's pretty special. And wouldn't it be better for adults if they knew that their children knew there was a really big horse? Yes. There might be a few people who hear me and think, why do we need a horse this big? But to them I say, why don't we? If you watch the news, you know things don't seem to be going so great right now. So why don't we just try this out? I'll need some help, though. I'm hoping one of those Silicon Valley types could help me out. Zuckerberg, Musk... Any of those little fuckers running around out there just chasing each other around, trying to rip each other's hair out. I have a patent for it and everything. I just need someone to take a chance and give me the funding. Once I get that funding, I'm sure it'll just be a matter of time before there's a horse that's 50 feet tall. I once had an idea about a horse with no legs. It'd kind of just roll around. Maybe it would use echolocation. I think this idea is much better, though. In summation, the horse has been part of all walks of life for centuries. They're members of our police force, they participate in the Kentucky Derby, and they are even sometimes our delicious, delicious food. But it's time to bring horses into the 21st century. So let's make one 50 feet tall. What do you say? Will you join me in building a better tomorrow? My name is Clay Matterson. I run the Matterson Horse Farm here in Branchburg. From the desk of Mayor Barbara the Fridge Braskin. Branchburg's Meet and Eat an Entire Pie with the Mayor raffle has a winner. Congratulations to six-year-old Branchburg Elementary student Tammy Philbin. Tammy will be taken out of school on Tuesday at noon to eat an entire pie of the Mayor's choosing with Mayor Braskin. As per tradition, neither party will be allowed to leave until all eight slices of pie are consumed. The Mayor thanks all those who entered the raffle and is looking forward to eating with the child. I'm late for work. Oh, God. What happened? I gotta get the newspaper. 
It smells like smoke. Oh my God, my mailbox! What happened last night? I had half a glass of wine at 8 p.m. Oh, no, 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 no. How did this happen? Oh, thank George. What did you do? What did you do? It's ladies' night. The man have off. It's ladies' night. Little Merlot, it's ladies' night. Fifty-three degrees and sunny. It's the first nice Sunday of the spring, and the weather attracts the park's first real crowd of the year. You would know, as you have been here every weekend, keeping tabs. That's because it's also the 47th week the water fountain has not been working, and your patience has finally worn thin. Your battle for the town to focus their attention on its malfunction has been an exhausting one. You've written to the parks department. You've spoken before the town council, and you even paid for a page out of the high school drama club's program for their performance of Singing in the Rain to highlight the issue, despite not knowing any current students. But this weekend will be different. You brought a paper for people to sign, and after obtaining 30 signatures, you will bring the fountain malfunction before not the township, but now the county, as an indisputable pressing issue. You begin your canvassing, and to your luck, you notice a group of power walkers strolling towards you. Five of them. Without also losing your spot in front of the fountain, you flag them down with your paper. But before they can make it over to you, an older woman's voice cries out from the playground. She's calling for a child. All of a sudden, her calls are for anyone with an earshot. Has anyone seen my grandson? She asks. Has anyone seen Tyler? The power walkers hustle over to her. Tyler? Tyler! Has anyone seen him? Parents are asking their children. Your first thought is responding with, you probably went to get some real water, but you quickly bite your tongue. Despite your frustration with the park, you immediately realize this is not the time to impart your issue onto someone, especially whose grandchild has just vanished on their watch. The police will arrive, and you will have a chance to tell them then. But the outburst would be understandable, as your relationship to water has soured since moving here. Your street used to have well water, arguably the best water in Branchburg, until one of your neighbors sold his land to a fracking company in exchange for any dinosaur bones they might find drilling. The first day they contaminated the whole underground spring. The company would deny this, but since that day your clean precious water began tasting like metal. That neighbor has long moved, the proud owner of a completely rusted horseshoe, the only thing the company found while digging, and now you and your remaining neighbors just buy bottled water. Sirens of two approaching patrol cars bring you back to the moment at hand. A crowd is formed around the woman, now repeating the boy's description to the officers. Tyler Michael Buckley, nine years old, about four foot five inches, 70 pounds, brown reddish hair, freckles, eyes a mix of both blue and brown, mole on the left side of his neck. You try to picture him. He looks more like a Kyle. But whether Kyle or Tyler or neither, you haven't seen a boy like this all day. You are of no use and relieved of your duties. Back to the fountain. Each day since its breakdown, the fountain has been looking worse. Calcium and dead algae surround the drain, as the absence of chlorine from the steady flow of township water have allowed it to accumulate. 
twigs, feathers, and other remnants of a bird once trying to make a nest on it, but quickly abandoned, now scatter its base. It's a sad sight, a symbol of the world we live in today, where society has to choose between finding children over access to clean drinking water. One of the officers is now walking towards you. He's a tall, intimidating man. He asks how long you've been at the park and if you've seen the boy, repeating the same description the grandmother gave. You tell him the truth. Since 6.30 a.m., and no, you haven't. He begins walking away, and you realize this may be the only chance you'll have talking to a public official today. The water fountain's not working, you shout. The officer stops and turns around. He stares at you, then the fountain. Okay, uh, I'll put a no into the municipal building later. I'm doing something else right now, and continues back to the search party. A note? A rush of endorphins flood your brain. You beam. This is the first time a person in government has taken a step towards fixing this. After one year, you can't believe it. It's not perfect, but you've been heard. It's enough for your body to sway with joy. You did what you set out to do today, and with your newfound energy, you sprint home. With each step, you pick up speed. The completely unsigned petition leaves your hand as your arms begin to swing. As you turn onto the street before yours, you notice another jogger ahead. Within yards, you easily catch up to them. Because it turns out, the fellow runner is in fact a small boy. It's Tyler. The mole on his neck is unmistakable. What are you doing? You yell next to him. I'm late for school, the boy yells back. But it's Sunday, you point out. Everyone is looking for you. It is. He stops running. You continue going. As you look behind to see the boy one last time, you notice him walking back towards the park. You pick up steam. Does this make you a hero? The excitement from solving not one, but two great mysteries today is more than your brain can process. Your legs are now stomping with each stride, the pavement echoing as the wind encases your eardrums. Your house emerges as you make the final turn. You whack the garage opener in your pocket, and it retracts as you glide right in. You enter the house and fall onto the center of your living room floor, taking in everything that just happened. You stare at the ceiling for what seems like an attorney, then finally roll over and grab the remote on the footrest. You turn on the news. On the screen, the boy you passed earlier is now surrounded by reporters and cameras, his family with their arms around him. All are asking him where he was. Tyler responds into one microphone. I was in the bathroom. You remain seated in the middle of the living room and reach behind you for a bottle of water you opened earlier. You take a sip. subscribe to This is Branchburg with Brendan and Corey. They'll be glad you did.